Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. According to the 2022 Investopedia Financial Literacy Survey, baby boomers, or boomers for short, are typically fiscally conservative and the majority are at least somewhat confident in managing their finances. In fact, multiple studies about the generation's traits have found that they're also often considered goal-centric, independent and resourceful. Now, it's no wonder that many of us seek advice from them given their endless supply of wisdom. But also, considering how we are living in a different world than it was decades ago, it might be high time we start thinking about the relevance of some of the money advice they give us to us Gen Zs or Millennials. Now, don't get me wrong though, most of the time advice is offered with good intentions, but we also can't deny that money has changed over the years and many things that have worked for the previous generations when it came to how they managed and grew their money may not necessarily be very applicable in today's day and age. So what are some outdated money rules ingrained in us and that we should consider ditching today? That's exactly what we're going to find out today with Sel Kai Lun, the managing editor at The Simple Sum. Good morning, Kai Lun. How are you doing today? Uh, good morning. I'm doing very well. In fact, I wanted to start with the question, what was the first piece of money advice your parents gave you? Oh man, I was going to throw the question to you first. Okay, you know what? Um, off the <laughs> on my head, I suppose it would be one of the points that you'll be bringing up. Don't ever use credit card or don't ever sign up for credit card. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. My, my, my mother actually never said that. My mother was actually a fan of credit cards. Oh. I was a recipient of many a free things that the credit cards were giving back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are, um, there are a lot of uh, giveaways that they have now that's also enticing a lot of people to get it, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. But um, we'll, we'll delve more into that later. So yep. since you shared, I'll mm. share too. Yeah. Um, so for my mom, um, the money advice she gave me was to really think about it and sleep on a purchase before you uh, make any purchase about at least three days Ooh. before you do it. Okay. Yeah, um, this extended even into buying food. So uh, I used to be really what they call a penny pincher when I was younger. Okay. Wow. Even buying food as well. I mean, wouldn't you starve? But food is like a necessity, right? So, oh, well, if you decide to treat yourself, so like if you wanted to go to a more expensive place to think three days, like, oh, do you really want to eat it? And what, what kind of value is it bringing to you? That type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Ah, I see. So like luxury food instead, something that you don't necessarily need. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Kailun. Now, share with us why now more than ever, is it important for us to rethink or ditch the supposed outdated money advice by boomers? Um, I think it uh, boils down to a very basic fact that it's a very different world. I mean, even even just three years ago when the pandemic happened to now, we consider it a very different world as well. So even mm. more so when we talk about um, the boomers' generation, which um, in their heyday was about 20 years ago and how um, things were then, uh, investments available, um, attitudes towards money were quite different. Yeah. And unfortunately, not always applicable in today's world. Okay, thank you so much for that breakdown, Kailun. Now, let's just dive right into the interview and talk about, you know, some of the rules that were ingrained in us that we should consider ditching today. And I've already mentioned this at the first point. 
Credit cards always pay in cash. Credit cards were often seen as something that can result in unrestrained spending power, right? So, I mean, to be honest for myself as well, I only started using credit cards maybe about like two, three years ago. I'm a bit late to the game because of the fear. So why did this make your list and help us demystify the credit card stigma then? So I think it really actually depends on whether you are good at managing your money to begin with. Mm. So regardless, and I think whether you're good or not, having a credit card, uh, even without a credit card, you can be really bad at managing your money. And instead of putting things on the card, you borrow from friends and own debts. So actually the fundamental of whether you should own a credit card, uh, it's not so much about whether a card will unleash you, but whether or not um, your financial um, foundation in knowing how to manage your money is actually there and not just indulge in spending because you think you can. Mm, interesting, yeah. Now on that note then, I mean, why not share with us some of the responsible ways that uh, we could consider when using or managing our credit cards? So uh, again, this is with or without a credit card. The mm. way you should manage your money is exactly the same. Yep. So here at The Simple Sum, what we do advocate is that you budget. Uh, so there are many budgeting methods up, out there and uh, what we advise is find the one that best suits you. This mm. could be zero-based budgeting, 50-30-20 rule and you'll realise that over time, your budget, the way you budget is actually something that's very unique to you mm. um, because there isn't a one-size-fits-all formula when it comes to budgeting. Different people have different needs and different priorities. So what is more important is to know how much, how much money you have set aside. Mm. And when you actually have set aside that money, it, it enables you to spend without worrying about, oh no, am I going to pay your bills? And in fact, you become much happier with how you use your money. Mm. And that's when um, using a credit card isn't an issue anymore because um, the power of using a credit card comes with paying your bills on time. Mm. Yeah, don't yeah. don't don't log out on on that debt. You know, don't grow the debt, the the credit card debt. And I mean, also, I can agree with you about you know leaving aside or saving some, putting some money aside first before you consider spending. I do that every month for myself, and it's been going well for me, I must say. Now let's move on over to the next point, and that is as long as you work hard, you can retire comfortably. And now that's uh, something we should do away with. And it's interesting that you mentioned this, but isn't it true though that working hard gets us to where we want to be in life? Um, so working hard will get you where you want to be in life, but only to a certain extent. Um, and this is especially when it comes to how you imagine your retirement to be. So with the cost of living actually going up, I mean, it's in the headlines all the time. Mm. Uh, so you can only imagine how much more it will go up by the time, especially if you are currently in your 20s or 30s, yeah. how much more it will go up by the time you reach retirement. So why we why I say that perhaps it's not, no longer enough is because um, there are so many other ways to grow your money. So if you just work hard and mm. don't do anything about money, your money, don't think about learning how to grow your money, you're not set for a path of uh, success because mm. your money, um, as we all know, um, if you listen <laughs> enough to Money FM, mm-hmm. I mean, inflation devalues your money over time. So you need to combat that in order to have enough in your retirement. It, it also doesn't help that people are living longer than they used to before as well, which means that even more money than before will be needed for you to comfortably live out your retirement years. Mm. Now then, how do you define a comfortable retirement though, Kailun? Oh wow, this is a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, really, it, it really differs from people, person to person, to be very honest, yeah. because what might be comfortable to me or what 
would be my expectation of retirement lifestyle be very different from yours. So this is actually really important when it comes to thinking about your future mm. and knowing what kind of retirement you want. So I know of people who actually um, are under the belief that, oh, uh, CPF, that's what the Singapore government CPF is for, right? Yeah. So that we have funds in your retirement. Uh, but uh, you have to ask yourself, would you be comfortable with even just an amount of $500 every month? Mm. Which is, I think, what I remember right now is the basic retirement sum that they give you yep. if you hit um, CPF life uh, quotas. So with that uh, amount of money, um, you, you'll be lucky if you could afford a trip to Malaysia maybe <laughs> once every half a year, for example. Yeah. And for most young people, that is not the retirement lifestyle that they imagine. A lot of young people imagine uh, flying overseas, exploring new lands. Yeah. And all this can only be done when you have sufficient funds. So mm. interestingly enough, actually on the Simple Sum, we have a retirement calculator. Okay. Uh, so you can actually put in like the kind of lifestyle that you wish to live, live in today's terms. Mm -hmm. And we will calculate if, let's say, inflation were to grow at 2 or 3% every year, how much you'll actually need for your retirement years. Wow. So that is a good indicator for you to see and really uh, let it kick in as to why you really need to start planning for retirement before beyond just working hard and yep. earning the income, but doing something with your money. Okay, I'm, right after the show, I'm definitely going to go and calculate how much I need for retirement then. <laughs> yeah, it's all about working, not just working hard though, it's about working smart as well. Make your money work for you. Now, let's move on over to the next um, outdated advice that we should be ditching. And that is, you should stay loyal to a company and not job hop. I mean, come on, our bosses are not going to like this one, right? So <laughs> aside from an increase in pay, why should one consider job hopping in this day and age? Uh, on, on a side note to what you, you did say about our bosses not liking it, um, yeah. what I would say is that then it's up to the bosses to figure out how to then attract the younger workers to continue staying by offering <laughs> good benefits. Wow. <laughs> but <Speak>. that aside, <laughs> that aside, um, I, I mean, I have to say that uh, for me personally, this is advice that, uh, while my parents didn't explicitly say to me, is definitely something that uh, happened uh, that happened for my mother. So my mother's mm. first job and her last job are actually with the exact same company okay. and no movement in between at all. Wow. So um, definitely when I started uh, changing jobs when I was younger, um, it did scare my parents quite a bit because they <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't understand. My dad didn't have quite as um, stable of a career as my mother, but he did spend about twenty to thirty years in the same company as well. My so, goodness, wow! <laughs> so when I did change jobs when I was younger, especially like two years in or a year into a job, um, I'm very grateful that they allowed me to have my space to do it. But mm. it definitely did worry them a lot. Yeah, certainly. I mean, in fact, I mean. Think about it, right? I mean, the reason why most of us would do it is because, you know, I mean, according to a report, it right, showed that employees experience an average of 10 to 20% increment in their salary when switching companies as well. But wouldn't you say that frequent job changes could be seen as a cause for concern on resumes? Um, it could. So I think um, when you do uh, do such a thing, so firstly, we I wouldn't necessarily encourage that you're changing job at a whim mm. or whenever whenever you feel like it. I mean, there should be a definite plan yep. and the next job that you go into should definitely uh, be a more aligned to your interests or career growth and not just because of the money. Mm. Uh, the other thing to do is to, if let's say you are having less than 
uh, a year on your on your res- on your at your previous job before you are moving. I think it's important to know why and be able to express why you are doing that uh, at uh, to an interviewer. Mm. So it's inevitable that an interviewer will ask you such a question because uh, as someone who does interview people for roles within my company myself, mm. it is something that I bring up. Uh, and do ask what is the motivation behind uh, moving on and uh, how the type of answer that is presented does reflect on you okay. and does give your future employer the impression of what kind of worker you are and makes a difference. But okay. by and large, um, I wouldn't necessarily say that uh, it's a big red flag, mm-hmm. but as long as you have a good reason and are able to express it well. Okay, now Kylan, you mentioned that you also, you, I mean, you would want to question them, right? So what is a good answer then? Or what is a good reason <laughs> to this? <laughs> it, it really depends on, uh, again, what your motivations are. Yeah. But of course, if the role is something that is a lot closer to your career aspirations, mm. uh, what you also bring to the role and what you hope to achieve within the role, if you can convince them in such a manner, I mm. think it's definitely a lot more positive than telling um, your future employer that, oh, because you're going to pay me a lot more. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind. Uh, don't tell my bosses that. But let's move on over to the next one. Uh, and it's that, that's ha- that has to do with the university degree. And a university degree is a must to get a good job. I got to say, though, I'm a victim of this one too. In fact, I mean, the pressure of knowing that almost all of my friends or everyone around me has a degree also pushes me to get a university degree. But... Why isn't this as applicable as it used to be, Kailun? Just look at Mark Zuckerberg. Mm. Oh, <laughs> know, but, good one. Uh, I mean, aside, aside from him, I think there are a lot of people these days um, that uh, take unconventional pathways and achieve success. And there are many industries out there as well that while having a university degree puts you ahead at first, mm-hmm. um, you can... There are more than enough ways to uh, go through other pathways as long as you work hard and you work smart and you show your superiors that you are uh, vested and interested in the job that you have and the company that you're with. Mm, Okay. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't be getting a degree at all? I mean, how should we frame our mindset when it comes to education? Okay. So, I think it also depends on what your intentions are Mm. in terms of what you intend to do with your career. So, Mm. as an entrepreneur, if there's a very clear goal that you have, um, that might be something that may convince you that maybe a university degree is not as important. There are also certain industries out there where having um, soft skills are actually a lot more important than necessarily a university degree. Mm. Um, that's it. I wouldn't uh, say that, oh, okay, everyone, it's time to just abandon the university <laughs> degree and, and, and get on with in the, into the working world. I think university degrees are good, especially if you are able to uh, get the essence of it, which is good critical thinking, yeah. as well as understanding the different uh, and for certain professions, yeah. the intricacies such as accountancy and engineering, which are which professional knowledge is required. Mm. Uh, but is it absolutely necessary for everyone? The answer, I guess, would be perhaps not. Ooh, yeah. Adulting is really hard, huh? You have to think a lot about what you really want in life and the consequences is usually quite dire. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's just move on over to the next one and that has to be, you need a financial advisor to help you manage your money. So I'm curious about this one here. Why do you think this advice is considered outdated? Uh, well, actually, based on the Investopedia article that you mentioned earlier in mm. uh, this interview, perhaps my understanding of this is wrong. But uh, at least from my understanding within uh, Singapore, a lot of 
um, older uh, people from the older generation, mm. uh, they relied a lot on uh, their financial advisors to actually uh, grow their wealth. Yep. So this could come in many forms, whether it's uh, remisers or um, even from the insurance uh, agencies because they do have wealth products as well. Mm. So a lot of, um, I think a huge part of it was that there wasn't that much information out there compared to now. Ah, so, yes. I, I mean, back then the internet wasn't as, rampant, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah. So because of the lack of available knowledge, uh, turning to these people, uh, these uh, professional help was actually a good thing because it was really definitely a lot better than not doing anything with their money at all. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But for today, I think it's a very different landscape out there. Um, there's lots of financial uh, information uh, out there for people to manage their personal finance in terms of growing it. And that makes it quite... Uh, much more accessible than it used to be. And therefore, you could manage your money without financial advice. Mm. That's it. Uh, if you have no interest uh, and are doing <laughs> nothing, it's yeah. still better to get professional help rather than to let your money just sit there and um, collect 0.05% interest <laughs> in the bank. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And yeah, I mean, I suppose we could reframe this to think of as, as more of like, um, if you're lazy, pay financial advisors. But if not, you know, you can actually study because, I mean, the world is the world is out there for you to, to just read, right? I mean, given the the advent of the internet as well, resources are easily available, available online as well. So then, I mean, um, how do we decide when do we need a financial advisor then? I think like, it really mm. boils down to how much interest you have in the topic, to be very honest. Um, it's mm. just like painting a house. Could you paint the house by yourself? Uh, the simple answer is yes, right? Because what it does consist yeah. of is brushes and paint and maybe getting a lot of paint all over yourself. But if you are okay to do that, um, painting a house is something that you don't necessarily need a professional for. However, if painting a house is not something that you desire to do or feel that you have the expertise to do or even the time to do it and would much rather find it easier to pay for someone else to do it and do a really good job, um, I mean, I would choose that option. And yeah. you can think about uh, getting a professional to help you with your finances in the same manner. Mm. Uh, that's it. Always do your research and ensure that whoever you entrust is some, someone who is really trustworthy. Mm. But if there's no interest at all, um, it is really much better to, hi uh, to engage someone to give you uh, advice and help mm. you with your money than to just leave it there um, in the bank. Mm. Alright, thanks for that, Kailun. Now, on to the last one, and that is if you're renting, you're throwing money away. And it's easy to see why we're throwing money away since we're spending on a property that isn't exactly ours. But help us understand why this isn't such a bad idea after all. Uh, I think with today's increasingly globalized world, that would be one of the key reasons why perhaps for uh, Gen Z's and uh, the, the younger millennials, those in their 20s and 30s, essentially, that uh, renting right now isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, one thing that's good about renting is that it gives you the flexibility of changing your location. Uh, remote working, for example, is becoming a bigger and bigger trend. Uh, and remote working can mean um, living overseas as well and not necessarily in Singapore. Right. And with that in mind, so if you are you have bought a property, uh, you there is a certain uh, financial commitment you have. Uh, and while some may argue, oh, but you can just rent out uh, your property when you are away. Uh, firstly, 
HDB restricts this initially, amongst mm-hmm. other reasons. Mm-hmm. But also finding um, someone to rent it might not be as easy as you think. Um, there are different, a whole different set of problems that come as a landlord of sorts uh, that um, you may not want to deal with as well. So while renting, um, if you think about it from a very pragmatic point of view, does look like it's, uh, throwing money away. Yeah. Um, it gives you options and the other options that it does give you as well is the ability to then put your money to um, somewhere else where it could grow bigger. Mm. So one of the key reasons behind property ownership is um, most people see it as investment as well because property prices do uh, go up. Yep. Um, this is why um, lots of people are like, oh, your first flat, uh, your first home in Singapore, make use of the government's BTO scheme, mm. you know, get your subsidized flat. Yeah. Uh, but things change. Uh so the recent round of HDB rules, while it hasn't, it's not as, uh, it's, it's, how do I put this? It has already made an impact in terms of those who are looking at uh, property or HDB properties uh, for capital upside, for mm. example. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so while in the past, um, it was, uh, it looked like the surefire way to make some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the future, maybe not so much. And also, like what I mentioned, there might be other alternatives out there uh, that are available for retail investors these days that give you better returns on your money that not property doesn't necessarily give you. Mm, I see. And yeah, and usually when it comes to property, it's a, it's a, it's quite a heavy price to, before you even enter the market. So now thanks a lot for breaking up, breaking down all of that advice. Now, before we let you go though, Kailun, what are some final words of advice you would have for our listeners as we navigate through the ever evolving financial landscape? Mm. So I think the bits of advice that we did give are things to, rather than saying it's completely not applicable in today's day, mm. I think it's more of it's not necessarily as applicable in uh, today's day as it is in the past. So, for example, coming back to credit cards and paying in cash. Yeah. Now, if you are someone who does have, um, uh, for lack of a better word, issues with managing your money, <laughs> maybe cash would be really the better way to go yeah. because um, there is more control. You are physically seeing your cash go away. And I have friends who actually reverted to doing that um, mm. even a few years ago just because they realized that their spending was getting out of control. Oh. So while the advice that we have given, uh, I r- rather than take it as Bible, I would say it's put for thought in terms of how you view your money, right. your personal finances, and that um, it's okay that you're doing something from ev- different from everyone else. It's mm. called personal finance for a reason. What's more important is to find methods and things and ways of growing your wealth uh, that suit your personal lifestyle and your aspirations more than it is to just follow what someone else is doing. Fascinating. It's been such a, it's been such a fabulous conversation with you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Kailun. Uh, thank you for having me, Dan. All right, we've been speaking to Sel Kailun, the managing editor at The Simple Sum, about some of the outdated money advice by boomers that we should probably be rethinking today. Continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.